You are listening to a Sunday sermon from St. Thomas Episcopal Church in Bellevue, Washington. We are a community that seeks God's presence, serves Christ and others, and grows together in faith. Welcome to our podcast. The following sermon was preached on the 18th Sunday after Pentecost, September 19, 2021, by Sonny Bannon, Director of Ministries at St. Thomas. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Mark, the ninth chapter. Jesus, John said to Jesus, Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name and we tried to stop him because he was not following us. And Jesus said, Do not stop him, for no one who does a deed of power in my name will be able soon afterward to speak evil of me. Whoever is not against us is for us. For truly I tell you, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you bear the name of Christ, by no means lose his reward. Any of you put a stumbling block before one of these little ones who believe in me, it would be better for you if a millstone were hung around your neck, you were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. It's better for you to enter life maimed than to have two hands and to go to hell to the unquenchable fire. If your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. It's better for you to enter life lame than to have two feet and to be thrown into hell. If your eye causes you to stumble, tear it out. Better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and to be thrown into hell. Where their worm never dies, the fire is never quenched. For everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good. But if salt loses its saltiness, how can you season it? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Today's Old Testament reading, with a few simple modifications, becomes incredibly relevant to our current time. Listen to my modern version. The ordinary people, that's one definition of the word rabble, among them had strong convictions and the weary Christians wept again and said, if only this pandemic were past We remember when we went everywhere freely, without masks, distancing, vaccination proof, or even hand sanitizer. But now our strength is dried up and there is nothing left but endless rules, protocols, and frustration. Maybe you are emotionally mature most of the time. But even if that is the case, over the last 18 months, on multiple occasions, I'm guessing you too have sunk into a longing for the good old days. In February, in the St. Thomas Linton Reflection Booklet, I confessed my exhaustion to all of you. I shared my weariness related to the pandemic 
but also how I'm tired of a political climate dominated by blame, division, greed, and self-righteousness on every side. How I want to cover my ears when I hear the ongoing excuses about why oppression, inequality, and all the isms continue to exist in our current time. The complexities of our current day add their weight to the difficulties and losses we have each already faced. Illness, accident, abuse, betrayal, loss, disaster, addiction, and the deaths of those we love. While juggling my responses to the ever-changing pandemic on a daily basis, I'm also trying to be a thoughtful mother, wife, daughter, sister, friend, neighbor, citizen, colleague, and Christian. I focus on gratitude as much as I can, and at my best, I am able, with God's help, to be grounded, compassionate, and hopeful. But truthfully, my best lasts at most for a few minutes at a time. I'm thankful to do work that I love for this amazing community. But today, as the pandemic lingers on, Lex has retired and St. Thomas enters into an interim season, the weight of it all together feels monumental. I can relate to how Moses feels. Lord, I am not able to carry all this people alone, for they are too heavy for me. The difficult truth is all of the effort by the hardworking clergy and staff of St. Thomas isn't enough to guarantee our church will survive this dramatic and significant season of challenge and change. Even when combined with supply support from generous friends like Jim McEachran, partnership and guidance from our interim priest in charge when she or he arrives, and the wisdom of our dedicated vestry. The future of Christianity here at St. Thomas and everywhere depends on the church stepping up to follow Jesus. When I say church, I don't mean this beautiful building, but the actual church the beautiful body of Christ, which is made up of each one of us. <clears throat> a few months ago, Lex handed Steve, Greg, and me each a copy of this slim paperback called We Shall Be Changed, Questions for the Post-Pandemic Church. The book is a collection of 16 essays edited and assembled by Mark D.W. Eddington. Mr. Eddington is the bishop in charge of the Convocation of Episcopal Churches in Europe and Suffragan for Europe to the presiding bishop of the Episcopal Church. Honestly, I'm not exactly sure what all those titles mean, 
but I'm grateful for the wisdom and perspective he pulled together from a wide array of sources. One contributing writer is Robert White, the 10th Bishop of the Episcopal Diocese of Atlanta and the first African American to be elected a bishop of the Episcopal Church in Georgia. He titled his essay, Authority is Exerted, Leadership is Exercised. And he begins it this way. Welcome to a giant moment of reflection for our whole society and our whole church. Welcome to this moment of reckoning. Don't be afraid, don't duck, don't go until the basement until it all blows over. Trust me, when you come back upstairs, the whole world is gonna be changed. So what is this moment telling us about the leaders that we have and the leaders we need to become? I believe today's scriptures give us insight about the leaders we need and where we can find them. Moses complains about his overwhelm and God's response is, gather for me 70 of the elders of Israel whom you know to be elders of the people and officers over them. Bring them to the tent of meeting and have them take their place there with you. Then in verse 17, which is not included in today's lectionary, God goes on to say, I will come down and talk with you there and I will take some of the spirit that is on you and put it on them and they shall bear the burden of the people along with you so that you will not bear it all by yourself. The church needs leaders who know they can't succeed on their talent, knowledge, or effort alone. Delegating and asking for help are challenging skills for most of us, whether it is because we like it done to our standard or we don't want to be a bother, or the teaching and training required seems like too much effort. Recently, pandemic limits, restrictions, and protocols impose additional barriers to collaborative leadership and teamwork. Yes, it is difficult, and lately, the experience of leading and serving in the church is different. Don't get stuck in excuses. Be the one who makes the call or the one who answers the call. Share the burdens. Be love in action. Moving on to the Psalms, the psalmist directs our attention that in the midst of the great struggle, God is the source of our provision and our only security. Our help is in the name of the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. This summer, while at a small family reunion in Montana, late one night, my son and I sat in my brother's yard 
and stared at all the stars in the big dark sky. Looking at that expansive display gave me momentary perspective, and in that brief space, my frustrations and worries faded away. The church needs leaders who know how to let go of their desire for survival and security and instead choose to focus on the love and presence of God. Don't let the pursuit of power drive you. Let go of control and be filled with faith. Be love in action. The author of the epistle of James admonishes early Christians to be patient and persevere through difficult times. He recommends seeking God's wisdom rather than the world's favor, pursuing faithfulness in prayer, and providing mutual support for each other. The church needs leaders who are thoughtful in their spiritual studies and practices and who pray give and serve sacrificially. Get over yourself and be the church. Be love in action. I have to admit that today's reading from the Gospel of Mark was difficult to absorb on my first and second read. I did notice that Jesus made reference to the outsider who isn't against him, so therefore is for him, similar to the comment made by Moses in the Old Testament reading. In both the story of Jesus with his followers and Moses with the people of Israel, some members of the community were worried when progress was made in a new way or by a newcomer. The church needs leaders risen up from the elders and officers already present, those who carry knowledge, experience, and wisdom. But the church also needs leaders who arise from the groups who haven't always been targeted for an invitation to the inner circle. The young, the unrepresented, the different, and or those who are new to us. Robert Wright, in his essay, writes about how Jesus himself lived out authenticity and leadership as opposed to exerting formal authority. Jesus democratized the idea of leadership. He himself exemplified the idea of non-positional leadership. Are you, like me, an old-timer here at St. Thomas or in the wider church? Are you a newcomer? Either way, the leadership today's church needs is about activity and not role. Listen to the whisper and the nudge of the Holy Spirit as you ponder what it means to offer a cup of water to the thirsty. Come to the tent, join in, become a leader in the church, be love in action. 
Last month, I shared my own motivation for being and remaining a follower of Christ and how my faith is centered around the faithfulness of God, the mystery of the incarnation of Christ, and the transformation in this present moment that comes from the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Personally, in my spiritual life, I don't focus on the prospect of heaven or hell. So what do I do with this passage from Mark? In case you missed it, it repeatedly mentions hell, including multiple references to fire, plus something about an eternal worm. It also includes references to maiming or laming yourself and tearing out your eye. Who is this Jesus? Where is the radical lover of all, especially outcasts? Ashley found me this week with my head in my hands, grumbling about Mark. She offered me a tip from her seminary days. When you are stuck, look at the comparable versions in scripture. And she showed me the matching passages in the Gospel of Luke. The Gospel of Luke says, Jesus said to his disciples, occasions for stumbling are bound to come, but woe to anyone by whom they come. It would be better for you if a millstone were hung around your neck and you were thrown into the sea than for you to cause one of these little ones to stumble. In both of these versions, is Jesus threatening us? Maybe not as much as he is pointing out that we do a fine job of getting in our own way. I think he wants our attention, wants us to be sure to know we will be the greatest version of our God-imprinted selves when we shift our focus away from our pride, our need to control, our desire to be right, and our pursuit of the world's esteem, affection, and pleasure. The story in Luke begins with the disciples arguing about which of them is the greatest, and Jesus reminding them that the least among you is the greatest. Follow the example of the great teacher and figure out how you can bend down and wash feet. Be love in action. I started today by pointing out that the future of St. Thomas is dependent on the whole church. But I want to conclude by affirming that we will not only survive our current challenges and the changes to come, but that we will arrive transformed. I know this to be true because our help is in the name of the Lord the maker of heaven and earth. Amen. For more information about St. Thomas Episcopal Church, 
please visit our website, www.stthomasmedina.org. That's www.stthomasmedina.org.